This episode is sponsored by Esteep Conversation's favorite, Conjure Tea. Conjure Tea is a woman-owned, black-owned tea business that was founded by pastry chef Shania Thomas-Floyd. If you want to support local businesses and drink great tea, Conjure Tea is your answer. The teas I'm digging most right now are Golden Ticket and Decadence. Decadence is a tasty tea that is exactly the combination you'd hope for from a pastry chef. Black tea with rose petals, strawberry pieces, and cocoa nibs. If that's not your bag, you've got to try Golden Ticket, a turmeric-based tea that helps with joint stiffness and inflammation. I was never on the turmeric train before, but let's just say my joints aren't getting any younger, and this is a tasty fix for that problem. The company has been kind enough to give 15% off your first online order to all Steep Conversations listeners by using code STEEP15 on ConjureTea.com. That's promo code S-T-E-E-P-15 to get 15% off your first order at C-O-N-J-U-R-E-T-E-A.com. Do you use the expression A-M-O-S? No, what's that? Add me on Snap. Maybe I'm not cool enough. I don't. Let me be clear, because I think I may have miscommunicated. I am not cool at all. Okay? There is no part of me that is cool. You are probably, I think, the first guest who I was like, I'm so excited to have you. And you were like, I don't drink tea. <laughs> I think you were the first, which is fine, which is totally fine. But you were definitely the first person who's like, no, I don't do that. But I, I said I'd try because I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, hold on. That's not the way to live your life. You've got to try. So I said, yeah. And I live with tea drinkers. So if I'm not going to drink it, at least, you know, yeah. I'm not going to chuck it in the bin or anything. But I'm a hot chocolate kind of I don't think my palate has evolved enough like it is quite a childlike palate sure. I'm dealing with I don't like wine unless it's free <laughs> you know, yeah I was gonna say yeah yeah I don't I don't like anything unless uh, here's the thing when things are free I like so many more things well I am very excited that you are trying tea so for for those who are steeping with us at home our steeples if I may if I must and I think I must for the steeple at home it is Bird and Blend's gingerbread chai. So this is a caffeine-free chai, mainly caffeine-free because I am in the U.S. and Kira, my guest, is joining me all the way uh, across the shores. You can hear from her accent. She's probably not from California. <laughs> We're doing gingerbread chai. It steeps for four minutes and it's at 212 or for my international listeners, 100 degrees Celsius. So it is treated like any herbal tea. You could do it for four minutes. You could do it for longer. For gingerbread chai specifically, it's very strong. So I go right around four. How long did you steep for? Because you're not a tea drinker. As you were saying that and the degrees and whatnot, I just slapped the kettle on, tea back in. Done. That's fine. So That's I fine. don't think I don't think it's gonna taste how, you know, the professional tea drinkers. My experience would probably differ. I mean, I think it's fine. It tastes like um like if you melted a gingerbread man and, and drank it, I suppose. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Well, I don't know. It depends on if you like gingerbread. Do you know, for a t it's not offensive tea. Like I once had, what's it called? I think you had it because obviously I am a stan over here. So I listened to it. Oh. You had it in the last one. Is Oolong? 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 That. Oolong? Oh, really? Hate it. Hate it. So, no. 
Well, so so here's <laughs> here's the thing. This is my belief. By the way, love that you're a stand of the pod. Love. The thing about tea is that I think it gets a bad name because people will experience like one type of tea and be like, as gross. Which like I get. The first time I had jasmine tea, which is a kind of green tea, I was like, pass. I was like, nope, I'm out. I don't want it. I'm good. I was like, no, 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 no. And eventually over time, I discovered all these different kinds of teas. To me, it's kind of like, have you ever had sticky toffee pudding, like a, a like a date cake? No, I've, I've, I've seen it. It's always on the menus and stuff. I've okay. seen it and I've just- You're like, no. I can't. My nan is a huge fan of the sticky toffee pudding, I believe, but I can't get on board. I think that's, is there raisins in it Oh, or ew, don't, ew. No, oh, yeah. Okay, listen. I want to be clear to you and anyone who ever listens to this podcast. Raisins are the most disgusting thing in this world to me, food-wise. Obviously, like, genocide's more disgusting. But food-wise, raisins, raisins are my genocide food. Like, that's, this is going to get me in hot water. I need to get out of this. I need to stop. Raisins, to me, are demons that hide in your food. That's what raisins are. Uh, so I would never eat something with raisins so in it. vivid. Do you like raisins? <laughs> no, I don't. And I remember finding out when I was a kid that they're dried out grapes. Yeah. And I like grapes. So I was like, oh, I don't understand. It's a bit like, you know, if you see a family and everyone in the family is really attractive and then there's like one person who's like a munter. I don't know if you know what munter means. No, but I love okay. that and I want to know all about it. I don't want to be one. ugly, though. unattractive person, a munter. <laughs> so... <laughs> If someone in the family is like a munter, it's like, how? What happened? That's how I feel about raisins. I pray I'm not the munter <laughs> of my family. <laughs> the I feel like now you're going to start saying munter all the time. And I love it's that. It's funny. I have a friend here who is British and I will regularly say things to him, like use expressions that I've heard. And he goes, he's like, we don't say that. And I was like, <laughs> you never like turned to somebody like, you want to have a bit of a chinwag, a bit of a chat. And he's like, no. no. And I was like, I think you do. And he's like, I don't do that. I was like, okay, fine. What do I know? <laughs> Never in my life have I heard someone say chinwag. I'm sure it happens, probably. Well, he makes fun of me. He's like, I'm from America. I like beer. I'm like, that's, I don't talk like that. I was like, that's not how I sound. So. Fair enough. I mean, if you're doing it back and forth, why not? Now that you've drank a little bit of the tea, do you regret drinking tea. Are you already like, I wish I hadn't done this and I'm going to regret this? Or are you just like, I can handle this. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's fine. It's not, you know, it's not, the, I, I've hardly drank acid or something. Like it's all right. I'm not going to rush out and be like a tea connoisseur. It's not changed. There's a different podcast I'm doing called acid drinking. And um, I'm going to have you on there too. Oh, and I'll, be, really I'll join see. you. Okay. Yeah. Great, that's good, one. and we're done. That, that's how you find out who your friends are. <laughs> oh God. I want to go back to how we first got introduced. So we were both part of an international short film competition hosted by Soho House. And I remember they named the top 10 finalists. You and I are both in there and I'm sitting there going, they must've made a mistake. I don't think I'm supposed to be in here. And that was my first. <laughs> I want to know how you got into that competition. What made you do it? Um, it was basically because during lockdown, I decided I wanted a Soho House membership. I thought this is what I need. Oh. Why? I don't know. This is what I, I decided. A family friend was a member at the time. Mm. I think she still is. And obviously you need recommendations. I was like, oh, can you recommend me? And she's like, yeah, of course, fine. And then through that, because she knew I 
I was a writer. She'd seen on Instagram, they had posted the thing. And she was like, oh, why don't you do this? And I was like, oh, all right. So I read the brief and I was like, yeah, fine. I could write something for that. Go ahead. And then I did. <laughs> and that's it. I love that. I guess I could write something for that. I, yeah, I can do it. So I will. I was a bit like, you know, I was just sitting there and I thought, I'll, I'll try it. Because I think when you're writing stuff, I think it's always good to, to write for competition. Even if you're not, you don't mind if you win or lose, whatever. It's about the brief and just testing yourself kind of and I guess working the muscle, if you will. Yeah. That cheesy. So I was like, if I don't get on it, I didn't really mind. But it was more about just seeing, can I write for this? Hmm. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Bob's your Oh, man. Okay, that, I love that phrase so much. <laughs> it's been used on me like twice in the past like month, not in my lifetime. My lifetime probably more, but like twice in the past month. And I always just go, maybe he is. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I have an uncle in the family. Never looked into it. No, I haven't. Wouldn't that be great? I have not. And you know what? I feel like he's a nice guy. I didn't know anyone else in this competition. Shout out Rebecca Usoro and Kylan. Those two people who are part of the competition, both lovely writers, who from the jump were super friendly, but I didn't really get to know anybody. And then I read your script. I don't know if we've talked about this. Way back in the day, I did musical theater. I didn't know that. And so I read your script and it felt like a play. All of a sudden I was there, I was in it. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to be reading right now. Like this is, this is what I want. This is everything I wanted. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I think I like emailed you and was like, I, I, love, <laughs> I love your script. Essentially it was like, I love your script. And then in like tiny font, this was not in the email, but it was implied. It was like, I love your script, be my friend. It was like really, it was like, it was a little implication at the, it was like, love your script, let's be friends. And I was so blown away. And then you sent like the nicest email to me being like, I love yours. And then we just talked and I remember turning to Jess and I was just like, I want to be Kira's friend. Like, why can we, I want to be long distance besties. <laughs> oh, I love that. I enjoy that. And I, you were really helpful with like, everyone and their auntie had been telling me, oh, to be a writer, you have to have a forward slash. You have to be a writer and something. And I'm like, I'm not. So my <laughs> sure. agent was like, you should act. Everyone was like, act, act. And I was like, well, I, I suppose, yeah, I ought to, yeah. And then I realized... I don't think I can act. So it's all fun and games suggesting it, but I don't know if I have the, the skills required. But you were really helpful in like telling me what I could do and like trying the classes and things like yeah. that. And I thought, oh, he's a good egg. I but good I didn't. Egg. Oh, you didn't try the classes? <laughs> no, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I couldn't. Like, it's just, you have to just believe it. If you're even like one bit not into it, mm. it's just not going to work, I think. You could say that about so many situations in life, but. I was going to say, like, I mean, take your writing, for example, right? So, like, when you first started getting into writing, and I want to hear about that, when you first started getting into writing, if you had been like, I'm half in, like, I'm, I'm three quarters in, I'm not all the way. How did you get into writing? What brought you there? I want to know all about that, because I never got that info from you. So what happened was, actually, I realized I wasn't good at something, so I thought, let me try something else. So I love books. I always got books when I was a kid, like, my nan would buy me, like, box sets of like all the classics and all these sure. things. So I thought I want to write books. So I tried writing like short stories and then I realized I can't sustain <laughs> a book, my attention span. Gosh, I'd feel like I was writing for ages and I'd be like thinking, yes, this is this is like Game of Thrones, like George R. R. Martin, I'm going to make a hefty. And I'd feel like I'd written that much and it was a page. And I was like, oh, 
this isn't obviously for me. I need to do something else. So then I went to writing <laughs> scripts because it's it's just a lot easier, I think. Like writing dialogue and stuff, it's just, yeah. I still get that same thing where I feel like I've been writing for ages and then I look and I'm like, oh, you've done half a page. Heavens. That's my every day. <laughs> Hours have gone by. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Oh, no. <laughs> help but yeah so basically my my attention span and inability to sustain I just wanted to get to the end it was always the middle even with writing the middle I I can't is always my thing so with a book your middle is humongous whereas in a script your middle is like five to ten pages depending on what you're writing well I was gonna say if it's a movie your act two is your middle and boy that can be a hefty well this is why I don't write movies I know I was about (laughs) to say yeah yeah sustain well, so no. so you're reading all these books, you're loving them, you realize you can't write books, you want to write scripts. How do you, like, how did we get there? I started Googling shows I liked, Googling oh. their scripts and reading their scripts. So I would just find a show I liked, Google it, see what they did, and then do something else. But the problem I found was I, predominantly, I watch American TV. So the first script I ever wrote was an American sitcom type thing. You're kidding. You know. Yeah, no, true story. It was just like a run of the mill. Like it was basically like three friends living in a house. Two of them are cousins. One of them was British. Has to be. Got to shout out myself. Why not? And it was just like a, just this normal sitcom. The the pilot I wrote was they were on their way somewhere. You don't know where they're going, and it's a flashback to why they're going to where they're going. And it's basically they went to some wedding and. One of them is now outcast from his family because one of the friends ended up sleeping with the groom, but she didn't know it was the groom. So now they're going to the wedding of a relative and he's been basically banished from the family and this is his first time back. But I reread it the other day and I was like, this is terrible. (laughs) At the time, I thought it was the bee's knees. And I, I used it for my screenwriting class and... I think I might have got first. No, I did get a first in screenwriting. So it, it, wasn't, it couldn't have been that awful. But I, yeah. But it's funny reading your old stuff that you thought was like aces and you're like, this is this is not good. Let me say something, okay? <laughs> the first screenplay that I ever wrote, and I mainly write TV, but the first screenplay that I ever wrote, when I wrote it, I was like, masterpiece. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. No one is ever, ever going to see that for the rest of my life. No one. No one will see it. It's not happening. I don't even want to look at it again. It's like watching a car accident. Like, I just can't. I don't want to watch it. I feel like I need to see no, it. No, that'll never happen. Um, so you that's your first script. When did you decide, I think I can do this? With the first one, because at the time, I was blissfully unaware of that it was crap. Because <laughs> to me, it was good. And I thought, yeah, this is it. And I did it initially on Word. Mine too. Then what happens? Do you just go, I'm just going to submit this to agents or managers or what do you do? Well, I actually Googled how to send something to Netflix. <laughs> I thought, sure. I just skipped agents. I just thought, I don't need them. I can go straight to the top. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized, no, no, you can't do that. So I just started bumbling about writing other things yeah because from the things I was reading it was like keep writing you need to have lots of stuff because some people can just you know make it off one thing and get an agent whatever some people you need like two samples or three samples so keep writing and then it wasn't until I I did a job as a writer's room assistant that I met the development editor there and she helped me like perfect a script and a treatment and stuff 
And then through that, I then sent it to my now agent who was looking for new clients. So I just sent an email and bish, bash, bosh. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle, yeah. That's my story. Did I use it right there? I tried. Did I nail it? Yeah, no, that's right. Yes. You mentioned you were a writer's assistant. <laughs> Where? What show was that? It was Breeders with Martin Freeman. Put Martin Freeman in anything, I'll watch it. Martin Freeman could could re- be reading a, a DMV pamphlet and I would watch it. Yeah, it's about, um, like, it's a very honest look at parenting. If I'd known you worked on it, I would have watched the whole thing already. Well, I didn't, re- I didn't have to do anything. I was just taking, I was a... A glorified note taker, if you will, but it was a very enjoyable experience. Like I, I really, I really liked it, and it was funny because I had nothing but good things to say about it. And those people were like, "Oh, working in a writer's room, nine times out of ten, they're the worst thing ever." And I was like, "Oh well, I had a jolly good time. I don't know that." <laughs> and every writer's room I've been in has been great, so I don't know, I don't know what rooms they were in, but I've had a lovely time. <laughs> you ended up in another writer's room after that, also as an assistant, or what? What was the trajectory there? No, so well recently because I, I. I feel like I have quiet periods and then I have things happening and then I have quiet periods and I have things happening. So it was 2021. I did a writer's room for an ITV panel show called Sorry I Didn't Know. There isn't a US equivalent, but like, you know, panel shows where they like have the teams and they have to answer questions. Yeah, like nine out of 10 cats or like countdown, yeah, 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 yeah. stuff like that. Yes, that, yeah. But it's black history and it's really good because it's like, it's educational, but it's not like we're teaching you things and learn. It's it's like fun educational. Oh. <laughs> you have a good time. You learn something. It, it's good. So I did that two seasons of that. Were you writing like jokes or what were, were trivia questions? How, how does the writing work on a show like that? So you write like the intros, the introduction to the games and like, yeah, some jokes within the intro, outro, ad breaks. And it was interesting for me because I thought, I always think I'm funny. Like, I I do believe I'm a funny person, but I need, like... Okay. (laughs) I need bounce off nine times out of ten. Like, I'm not just... I couldn't do stand-up. That's that's a different... No, that's too hard. Maybe you could. No, I'd be... I'd just go... Drop mic, run into the night. I just couldn't do it. That makes you intriguing, though. People like that. Drop the mic, people like it. <laughs> Maybe that's what my set will be. Well, then you got to go, you got to go, it's Kira, bitch, and then drop the mic and you're out. <laughs> run away. You've paid 70 pounds for this, and this is all you're going to get. But you know what, though? <laughs> Sometimes you just need a hint, just a little taste of the goodness. And someone's like, she said three words, and the other person goes, that's a legend. That's it. <laughs> that's all you needed. Yeah. Too much would have been too much. Any more would have been overkill. Yeah, get, you know, Ricky Gervais out of here. Where's Kira (laughs) Porter at? Get her over. (laughs) I'd definitely be cheaper. You could pay me a quarter of what you pay him. I'll come up. I'll do an hour. But but here's the thing. No one wants to hear me do it. No one wants to hear like this American guy be like, so uh, the, the other day, you know, people are like, get out of here. People want to hear like Ricky Gervais get up there and be like mean to people. And everyone's like, yes, Ricky. I do think it, it's just the accent, isn't it? I think it's a bit of a trickery. <laughs> It makes you sound cooler than you are, funnier than you are, suaver than you are. It's just, just a lie. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are two British comedians that I really, really like. One of them is James Acaster. Pretty sure he was on Sorry I Didn't Know. I don't want to make that up. I'm pretty sure he was one of the... Well, that's awesome. The other person who's like on all those panel shows is Joe Lysette. Joe Lysette. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know I know him? him too. So funny. Not personally, but <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, are you two best friends? He in the other room? <laughs> I, love I don't know him personally. Like you know, all British like, people yeah. know each other. He's the only one I don't know. I've been to London a few times, and every time I go, I feel like there are so many cool things to see, and I always want to find out where all the cool people go, and I never end up in those places. Like someone's like, um, oh, where did you go? I'm like, oh, I went here. They're like, oh. And I'm like, I don't know where to go. It's such a cool city. But I think <laughs> people hear going? my accent. They go, send this guy to McDonald's. You know, that's what they do. That's where they send me. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could tell you, but I don't think I'm a cool person either. I don't think I go where the cool people go. Every time I go somewhere that I guess is cool, I want to go home. I never like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I figured out who I am. I, I'm quite a homebody. I like... I like my house. I like my pajamas. That's my sweet spot. Or I'm, I feel like I don't like clubs anymore. I like a quiet bar with a cocktail. That's like, mm, that's where I'm at. I'm not quite sitting in the library by myself. That's too far. But. <laughs> no, that's some that's some serial killer stuff. Um, I love if someone takes that context and go, oh, Josh on his podcast said that going to the library makes you a serial killer. In the interest of time, though. I would love to take us to yeah. our first segment. Are you ready for the newly friend game? Not, no. <laughs> I'm no, I love that. Are you ready? <laughs> nope. The newly friend game, it's a lot like the newlywed game. I am going to ask you a question about a preference of yours. We're both going to write down the answer, see if we get it right. And then we will do the same thing for me, see if we get it right. These are very similar, but different questions. Okay. Okay. So the question for you, what is your favorite British candy? So like candy bars or things like that. What is your favorite British candy? Does this include sweets or just like chocolate? You can include both. I have never heard someone <laughs> differentiate sweets and chocolate, but I'm into it. <laughs> Cause otherwise it's quite a big, you know, there's a lot of choice. Oh God. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to write down two answers. On the count of three, we're going to flip our boards. Ready? One, yeah, yeah. two, three. Okay. So so I held up a Caramello. I, I can't read your board. What does your board say? Tony's Chocolony. Oh. When did Tony's Chocolony become the most popular chocolate in the world? I see it everywhere. Now. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with it. I discovered it in lockdown in a Sainsbury's, and I've never looked back. It's, it is good. It's so good. The second answer, by the way, this is, so I did write Caramello on my board. And the second thing I wrote on my board is wine gums. I love wine gums. No, I really do. They're my top sweet. I get the, like the big bags. Like they come oh, yeah. in a little tube, but I'm like, forget the tube. I need a grab bag. And over here, they do the red, red and black pack. So you can buy mm, just the, the best one. Yeah, so well done. That is that is true. I do absolutely I mean, listen, wine gum. I, listen, I didn't get the primary. I'm going to give myself a half point on the wine gum. I feel confident in the half point. Yeah, I don't even know what that other one is, actually. I've never seen that. A Caramello? Are you sure that's English? I believe it is. Um, Caramello? I mean, listen, I was going to say a flake. And then I pulled back last minute. Oh, I like a flake, but I prefer a 12, which is just a flake with a jacket on, really. A flake with a what? Okay, so for those that are listening at home that have not had it, a flake is like, it's like a chocolate candy bar that's got like, like waves of chocolate in it, but it's all just a chocolate bar. There's nothing fancy. There's no nuts or caramel or nougat or anything. It's just 
a plain chocolate bar with some different texture. What is a mm-hmm. flake with a jacket on? <laughs> so basically, a twirl has chocolate around it. So it's like if you took a flake and dipped it in chocolate and then let that chocolate harden. So it's like with a flake, it's all flaky. When as soon as you bite into it, it falls everywhere. Oh my God, it's a mess. But with a twirl, because it's got this chocolate jacket on it, when you bite it, it's still got something holding it. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I feel like you need to seek out a twirl. See what I mean? I want one. So for mine, we're going to do. So my question is, what is my favorite English candy bar? And again, we're doing sweets and chocolate. Yes. Do they have that in, in America? Like English sweet shops. Like we have loads of American sweet shops. Do you have like English? I don't. Shops? Here's what I'm going to say, because my listeners are going to get mad at me. I'm going to say we probably do. And then I'm also going to say I've never seen one. So (laughs) you should make your mission. Find one. Seek it out. I'll go look for it. All right. Are you ready? You wrote you wrote down what you think my favorite British candy bar is. Yeah, I did, too. But I put my main one in a little box. Oh, lovely. Okay, you ready? Flip your boards on one, two and then hold it up close so I can see it. So I did wine gums because I thought maybe you're into them. (laughs) I do love wine gums. I do. And then I went for a Cadbury cream egg. Okay, I you know what? It's not my favorite, but I don't judge it at oh, all. No. I, I wrote a mint arrow bar. Oh, that's so rogue! I do like a mint arrow. That's yeah, I do. But is that is that a British? Was I okay? Was that a British candy? <laughs> yeah, that's legit. <laughs> Love a mint arrow bar. Delicious. <laughs> I don't know why I like arrow bars so much, but I really do. I'm surprised they're in America. Actually, I don't know. I feel like not everyone loves them. Because they're, they're minty, aren't they, a bit? Well, obviously, it's in the name. <laughs> I was going to say, I love that. I love that. It's minty, right? Is it? Might be? A little bit. How's your overall experience with the Newly Friend game? I feel like you didn't love it. Here's the thing. I act like I'm, like, not competitive, but I am. I like mm. to win things. And even sure. though it was just a bit of fun... I wanted, I wanted to win. We got half a point as a team. We're a team in this. We're not against each other. We're a team. And we got half a point, which is not bad. I've had guests where we don't even come close. That's better than nothing, yes. I once had a guest where I made a guess and the guest just looked at me and was like, what? No. And I was like, that, you don't have to be offended. You don't have to be offended at my guess. You just say no. Like, you don't need to be mad about it. At the end of each season, are you going to do like a my favorite? my favorite episodes. Well, you're competitive, so you probably want to be in there, don't you? Well, if I'm not, I'm going to just send a strongly worded email. <laughs> to who? To me? <laughs> to, yeah, anyone. Okay, okay. <laughs> Everyone in my emails. Just an email blast, like, to whom it may concern. Sure. I've been attacked, victimized. I was going to say, <laughs> you've been attacked. <laughs> I get, do, do you ever post, like, are you big on social media at all? Do you do use a lot of social media? I don't actually. The only thing I have is a Twitter with nothing on it and a TikTok again with nothing on it. But it's so, because my friends and family kept sending me TikToks and it wouldn't let me see it. Mm. It's like, oh, you need to sign up. So I did. And I have a Snapchat. Okay, wait. So you do have three. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't use it. I don't use it. I've got like 17, but I don't use it. <laughs> The only one I use, like, actively, other than to watch things, is Snapchat. Because I'll talk to... It's weird. I'll talk to my friends on Snapchat, but then also text them. It's like, we could just text. Is it inappropriate stuff you're talking about on Snapchat? Why why Snapchat for something? <laughs> Do you know what it is? Sometimes, right? I don't... Because I don't have an Instagram. And if I don't want to give someone my number, I might be like, you can have my Snapchat. Do you use the expression AMOS? No, what's that? Add me on Snap. 
I don't, maybe I'm not cool enough. I, I don't. Let me be clear, because I think I may have miscommunicated. I am not cool at all. Okay. There is no part of me that is cool. I learned some things from watching yeah. TikTok, other stuff like that, where someone might say something and I might go, oh, I didn't know that. AMOS. I didn't know that. But like, even as I say AMOS, I sound like my growing up, I was really big into hip hop. And my dad, equally like was supportive of my listening habits, but also would make fun of me. So he would do both. So like we'd be in the car with my friends, mind you, my friends are with me. He'd be like, oh yeah, Josh was listening to some Tupac Shacker earlier. Should we listen to that? And I was like, why? why? You know, that's not how it's pronounced. I was like, you know that. And he's like, no, no, um, Tupacé, Tupacé Shacker. Yeah. Should we listen to it? Oh God. Also, I'm I'm from New York. So I also listened to a lot of Notorious B.I.G. growing up. And my dad would be like, you know who I am? Notorious D.A.D. Oh, like, stop God. You know, I feel like that's how I sound when I'm like, add me on snap. I'm like that's I'm him now. Like I'm <laughs> sound like I'm a thousand. I feel like Snapchat isn't an all ages experience. I feel like it's, so everyone has a snap. And also if you have a snap, it's like you said, it's like, what do you, what do you need a snap for? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I don't have it's one. A bit, it's a bit like if you're, I feel like some people think if you're up to no good. You are. Snap is where you send all the, the inappropriate stuff. <laughs> the nudes. Yeah. All the, all the. No, I don't. Well, I think it depends on who you are and uh you want to send have i seen them of course i have but haven't we all on snapchat let me tell you something i have received them that is true i have never sent one and i will tell you why okay please i don't take issue whoever you are and you want to send a picture that's fine number one my knowledge of lighting is not great so already it's not going to look wonderful i know that Number two, no one who meets me looks at me and goes, you know why I'm attracted to him? His body. No one's doing that. No one is going, that hunk? Let me see more of that body. No one's doing that. At least you know? you're a person that was looking for permission. Because a lot of, I think a lot of girls and guys probably out there are getting, yeah, yeah. nobody asked you for this. And then, like, once I was talking to a guy, it was years ago, I think I was about 19, and he was like, good morning. I was like, oh, morning. Dick pic. Why? <laughs> Why? How, how did we get? Wait a minute. It was okay. so random. Yeah. I thought there was a rule, like, no dick pics before noon. That was something I just assumed, because that's just too early for a for I just, like, get it out of here. You know, like, bat it away. Yeah, no. I, I, me too. I was as surprised as you were. This is a terrible question. After he sends that, do you write back... Cool. So how's your day going? Like, how do you get out of that? Like, how do you just go, oh, oh, um, okay, well, I'm going to get coffee. Have a good day. Like, what do you, how do you just like run away from that? I block people. I am a blocker. I mean, it doesn't take much yep. for me to block you. I'm just, who has sure. the time? Who has the time to explain the, the you know, rules of the land? Not not I. So, but it also, it depends no. on who they are. He was just a rando. I don't even think I knew Giza's last name. And you think I want to see your, your piece? No, 
At least. Oh, you didn't know. We don't. We don't know this guy at all. He's just no, like a I rando never, on like a no. dating app or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know him from Adam, and I was like, uh-huh. no, thank you, no. I would like to know someone's like last name and maybe like their favorite food before someone's sending me a pic. Like, like, like I, we should be far enough down the line where I can say <laughs> confidently, I know a few things about this person. <laughs> yes, but no, that, that's not, that's not where it's an ick, I suppose. I will use this opportunity, by the way, to take us to our second segment. Are you ready to teach me something? Yes. <laughs> well, you sound wholly unconfident right now. You're like, Do you know, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, I, I suppose. Because I have two, I guess, fun facts, if you will. So basically, I learned about this. I don't know when, and I don't know how, and I don't know why I know this. And you may already know this. So if you know this fact already, I'll give you my second fact. So you know, like on milk, you have like the date. It has to be chucked out or like used by a sell-by date things. They yeah, exist yeah. because... Of Al Capone. So it's because of him. Because his cousin what? or something drank milk that was off and got sick. So he like bought a dairy mill or dairy farm or dairy something or other and made it so you have to have these labels on milk. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Al yeah. Capone. The Al yes. Capone. The one that we all know. Yeah, that geezer, yeah. Yeah, the one who caused a lot of problems. This gentleman is the reason that we all have expiration dates on milk? Yes. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I really like you. And so I'm going to trust that you're telling me the truth. But this sounds insane. Like, this sounds so implausible. I think it's true. (laughs) It might be one of those things you hear that isn't. But I believe it's true. But also, how dumb do you have to be to not know the milk's off? It friggin' stinks. I don't understand. I want to ask you, because that, that, you've already nailed it. I want to know what the second fact was. Well, basically, I'm left-handed. So growing up, my nan would always, like, get me left-handed things so I didn't feel like such a outcast, right? And, like, books with, like, things about left-handed people, cups that were for left-handed people. So I was always looking for, like, who was left-handed? Like, Barack Obama, he's left-handed. And then I learned polar bears are left-handed. Or so I thought. So for years, I was living a lie, thinking polar bears were left-handed. In actual fact, if anything, they're ambidextrous. So the fact is they're ambidextrous, not left-handed. Okay. (laughs) Who came up to you? And goes, yeah. hey, Kira, I got something to tell you. And you go, sure. And they go, obviously, this makes sense in our conversation. Polar bears, they're left-handed. Who gave you that information where you go, I'm committing this to memory? Got I it. don't even know. I have no idea. It is a common misconception, though. So I'm not alone. <laughs> so commonly, commonly, in a regular day, people just go, hey, uh, what did you want to do for lunch? Oh, I don't know. Oh, speaking of lunch, did you know polar bears are left-handed? Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. Why would you share that with me? It's commonly commonly understood. Yeah, I guess it is. I, I don't know yeah. how commonly that's misconstrued. Oh, it is. Well, it must be because how did I get this information? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. I just love, by the way, that we've now established two different things that you chose not to Google. You were just like, yeah, I'll just, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Seems right. You know, sometimes you have to just go with your gut. 
Wait, but okay. So we got so, so far distracted from your writing. And I want to touch on that a little bit because I know that we're, we're rounding the bases of the podcast. And I really, I would be remiss if I didn't get to ask you more about your writing. So we talked about the first script you ever wrote. What was the first thing you ever wrote that you got to see, whether it was performed on a stage or you made a film or you wrote something that was done on BBC or Channel 4? Like, what was the first time you got to see something you wrote actually made or or occur? It was um, the BBC Three Laugh Lessons. Is that the one that I saw? It is, yeah. So that little comedy um, short, it's like three minutes or something. And that was the first one. And my little cousin's in it as well. So that was that was nice, keeping it in the family. But then the problem with that was I also had to see myself. So I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so you couldn't see past yourself to be like, this is good. I find it quite hard to, like, like my own stuff. You know, like, in a way, it's a bit like, I don't know, once I've done it, once I've written something and I've done it, I, and I'm like, yeah, that was good, okay. And then I move on from it. So then once I've I've done it and I'm re-watching it, it's like, okay, yeah, what's my next thing? Interesting. I'm just a bit detached. Are you someone, and I'm asking this as someone who has this problem, I want to be clear. Are you someone who is unable to celebrate your little victories? Are you kind of someone who's like, oh, I did a thing, but like, cool, what's the next thing I have to do? Oh, yeah. 100%. Why do we do this? But do you know what? I do, I think some people think that's negative Nancy-ish. I personally think it's a good thing because then you don't get complacent. You don't settle. You just keep trucking on. But then it's like, I guess, will you ever be satisfied? I don't know. Okay, so like if I asked you right now what your dream is as a writer, what's your, what's your ultimate dream? I suppose... Well, writing my own like series or whatever. But I think even after a while, I'd probably not necessarily want to write anymore. I think I'd want to show run something else maybe. Because when it's yours, I don't think I'd ever be satisfied with my own work. But if I was show running someone else's show, I could be like, yeah, this is, yeah, good, great, fine. And I could keep doing it. like Because that's how you, you know, really make money. If you can keep doing a show forever, like Family Guy, for example. Sure. If it was, I wouldn't want to keep doing it. I'd want to do like, Three seasons and done. Three seasons and done. And then I think, I feel like there's a certain amount of stories I want to tell. And once I've done that many, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not going to keep doing it for, have a set amount of things I want to say. And once I've said them all, I'm going to move on to doing something else. If you had your choice between running your own show for a couple seasons or running multiple other shows, which would you rather do? Like what gives you more satisfaction, the longevity of one or the self-expression of the other? I don't know. I feel like you yourself have a window, so you've got to do it. You've got to get in there. And otherwise, if you don't, if you're spending your time doing other people's things, you might miss your own. The stories you have might have missed their window of opportunity because no one wants those stories anymore or you don't want to tell those stories anymore. And then, so I think I, I pick mine first. My question is, when does my window open? Am I supposed to know when that happens? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, it it's feeling rather stuffy in here. Someone should open that window. It's feeling very, oh, I'm feeling real stuffy. I feel like you just have to just keep the crude expression, keep throwing shit at the wall until it sticks. So you're just constantly hoping. I guess that's the problem because I myself don't know when my window is i feel like i keep being on the cusp of it being slightly ajar and then the wind comes and shoves it shut again so i'm like as it does as wind <laughs> tends to do yes i guess you have to also be satisfied with an alternative and lots of people say to me you shouldn't think of an alternative like if you want to write that's what you do i'm also 
I guess, a pessimist, some may say. Sure, me too. But I see it as a realist. I think it's always good to prepare something else you like. So if writing doesn't work out, I need to know I want, I like doing this instead. Because otherwise, gosh, you're just going to be really depressed, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Listen, I think I can get depressed all on my own. I don't need anyone's help. Um, I don't need to prepare anything. <laughs> I can I can handle that. But I do think that's the best time to go into our final segment. Are you ready for the lightning round? Five questions. They're fast questions. They don't have to be fast answers. So take as much time. We can have a conversation after each one if you want. I'm fine with it. Okay. First question, what is a favorite ritual of yours? So mine is brewing tea. What would be one of yours? Do you know what? I suppose doing my my hair is a bit of a ritual because it's not like a it wash a ritual. and done. You've got to do like the sections. You've got to do your leave-in conditioner. You've got to do your curling cream. You've got to brush out each section. Sometimes diffuse if you have the time. I don't even know what that means. A diffuser. So it's like this little thing that goes on the end of the blow dryer for curling hair and you just it helps your curls that's a great ritual question two what is a yeah. running bit you have with a friend or partner that makes you laugh do you know what i am a big fan of a that's what she said or a, that's what he said and i do it to my nan <laughs> so a lot of times my nan says something i'll go that's what she said and she gets quite annoyed she doesn't she's not amused but she she says she's not amused but She's laughing internally, I can tell. Yeah, that. How old is she, if you don't mind me asking? She's in her 60s. I want to say 64. Oh, that's... 4, 65. That is not old at all. I feel like she's got to know that that's what she said, shtick. Like, she's got to be familiar with it. Oh, she bit. knows what it is. She just says I'm inappropriate and I, I, <laughs> I have no boundaries. <laughs> Question three is a tough one. Can you do an impression of one or both of your parents? I suppose my mum, she always says I don't do her very well. I do think myself, that I, it's, I think it's borderline spot on. But the family don't seem to agree with me. But sometimes I'm like, are you just jealous? I'm so funny. I don't know. Well, you got to give it to us now. <laughs> oh, see, I guess I can do whatever I want because you don't know Delaney. So it could be spot on. You have no idea. Okay, well, I spoke to my mum the other day. And as she was hanging up the phone, she was like, so I was like, okay, sweet to mum. She was like, yeah, right, darling. Keep your chins up. Chins. <laughs> Plural. So. No! So I got off the phone and I was like, hang on, what she said? So I called her back. She didn't answer. And I thought, she's running scared. She regrets what she said. <laughs> and finally, she calls me back. I said, uh, mother, I heard what you said. Chins up. And so she's hysterically laughing. She's like, no, no, darling. I said chins, plural, as in you and your sister. Not your chins, but now you've brought it to my attention. That is very funny. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> chins up. <laughs> I tend to make her sound a bit Essexy, and she's not She's not that Essex. She's like Essex adjacent. I didn't want to say anything, but obviously as an American, I could clearly tell that you were making her sound more Essexy than she is. Um, <laughs> I just knew. I knew, and... Um, it's a problem. Question four, have you ever had imposter syndrome? And if so, is there a particular moment that, that you think about? <laughs> I guess all the time, because a lot of the time I'm in jobs I am actually underqualified for. So it's quite, I deserve it. <laughs> it's quite right. I should feel that way because I really shouldn't be here. I don't have the credentials. I literally... Even when you asked me to be on this, I was like, um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm bringing to the table, but okay. <laughs> Sure, won't say no. But so that's what's so funny. When I was talking to Lucas about having you on, he said, oh, how do you know her? And I said, I read her writing before I 
got to talk to her about anything else and already knew that I was a fan. Like I liked your writing before we ever emailed. For me, I was like, I really want to talk to this person, mainly just to steal writing tips from you. But also, <laughs> no, no, no. But for real, like I do think it's so funny that you thought my list was long. I was sitting there in that intro call being like, I'm like, let me think of other credits. Um, one time I jumped rope for more than a minute. So that that's something. No, but were, even like yeah, on like, the podcast, like even reading the, on your podcast on iWatch, I listen on Spotify, the Spotify is out there. Lovely, please when do. When you click like the people's, like the bios of the synopses of the show and you say what they've mm. done. And I thought, Christ, what is he going to make up for me? Kira is alive and breathing. I'm gonna, so yes. So here's what I'm gonna write. I'm gonna say Kira. Kira does an impression of her mother that is slightly Essexy, and she writes some things. Ladies and gentlemen, Kira Porter. That's the whole thing. Yeah, and she has a Snapchat because she's up to no good. Cool I was stuff. gonna say, and then I'm gonna say um, she she introduced the phrase AMOS. Add me on Snap. I that wasn't for me. That was all Kira. Oh um, God, I'll take yeah. it. Final question. Here's the thing. The final question is technically, what is your favorite tea or comfort? But you don't like tea. So what is your favorite comfort? I feel like if I say an alcoholic beverage, it makes me seem like a person child. So no, no, I, I love that. that answer. You, I love it. I love it. it well, actually it depends which one. It depends. What, if it's like a gross one, I don't love it. If it's a tasty one, I like it. Well, it depends on what you find gross and what you find tasty. Um, a vodka Red Bull, I don't find tasty. I don't like Red Bulls full stop. So mixing it with a spirit is just- Me too. I, I don't see why, whose idea was that? It's gross. It's stupid. But no, I do like a vodka and Coke. I know. I've liked the same drink since I was about 14. <laughs> and I've stuck with it and stuck by it. And it has yet to do me- Well, no, I've made some faux pas. As have we all. But I'm alive, so it hasn't failed me that badly. But I like a cocktail. I like a frozen strawberry daiquiri or a tequila sunrise. Yes. You know, they make you feel exotic. Okay, I like, like both on a of those. Beach. Yeah. But no, I think, like, I really like thunder and rain sounds. Like, I make my Google, like, to go to bed, I put on thunder and rain sounds. And that is, like... Yeah, me with too. With my electric blanket on, I'm warm and cozy, and it's just... That's my vibe. Can I tell you a very quick, funny story? Yeah. I only write to thunder and rain. Really? Mm-hmm. So I am sitting at this table at a coffee shop and this woman who is English, coincidentally, comes up to me. I have my headphones in, comes up and she goes, oh, it's bloody hot out there, right? And I was like, <laughs> what? She's like, oh, I was just saying it's very hot out there. And I was like, um, yeah, no, yeah. It is. Yep. Yep. She's like, um, I didn't mean to bother you. I'm just, I was just going to, I've got work to do. I'm just going to do it next to you. And I was like, sure that, yeah, like, okay, that's fine. And we started talking and she's very friendly. Believe it or not, we're friends to this day. No way. I swear. I swear that's true. I swear. Like her name is Lindsay. We're friends to this day. We start talking and I said, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you before. I was listening to when I'm working, I listen to thunder and rain. And she goes, where? And I said, uh, it's on It's on YouTube. I just listened to like a YouTube video. And she goes, I work in podcasts and I produce nature sound podcasts and I'll bet it's one of ours. Was it? It was. What? It was wow. hers. <laughs> I know. I know. 
it, it is, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to send you the video I use. It's not a loop. They literally recorded a rainstorm for eight hours and it is different and it varies. It's lovely. Do you know what my fear is of using like YouTube for things? Because once I think I used it and obviously it kept playing. It just goes on to the next thing. Mm, and it mm, was mm. like, because it was like soothing. It was meant to be soothing sounds, whatever. But it came on, it was like someone get the sound of someone getting their hair cut. I don't know why, but I heard, and I had headphones in, so now I just heard like, coming towards my ear. So I was like, ah! No. <laughs> so I'm ever out. since, I was like, YouTube at bedtime, I can't, no, no, thank you. You can also, you could find it on Spotify. It's a Spotify podcast. I will send you the link. If anybody else wants this link at home, tweet us, put, comment on Instagram, whatever you want to do. Um, Kira Porter, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Yeah, I feel good. I feel pumped and I feel wide awake. And that is like, I should be getting ready for bed, really. But I feel, <laughs> I'm I alert. <laughs> So. Um, well, Kira, thank you. I adore you. I'm going to come to London. We're going to hang out, if that's cool with you. That sounds good. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God, of course. It's been a blast. That was Kira Porter. You can find her on Twitter at Porter Shakira, S-H-I-K-I-R-A. Steep Conversations is produced and edited by Lucas Marshka. Our theme song and additional music are by Oliver Hymack. Our cover art was done by Neil Fraser with photography by Matt Mazisco. Social media by Dia Villegas. Please write a review and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you can. You can send any questions, comments, newly friend game suggestions, or tea suggestions to steepcombos at gmail.com or tweet us at steepcombos. I'm Josh Lanzette, and you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Josh Lanzette. We'll be back next week, so until then, happy steeping.